0: Mic check, mic check, let's say stick and sit a podcast, we back, let's go. Say stick and sit a podcast, back for another episode, let's go.
1: Pressure weigh a ton, it's getting too heavy Had to inspire them again like I didn't already Real ones still around, release the confetti Godson across the belly, across the belly, across the belly, across the belly. I ain't made it till we all can say that we made it Been down with the hustle so long, feel like we related Take my word like you would from the book of revelations Dead presidents, that shit come when you dedicate it I invest in education cause we wasn't privy We got busy put scholarship programs throughout the city Have my way chairman of the committee Rat pack niggas like Sinatra in the 60s Come through on some wavy shit Valentino camouflage on some army navy shit I know you can feel the pressure Keep up with my cadences QB lingo Freestyles taping on stretching and barbito. Hit through me the beat and I had to eat it uh. The lies I recorded in your session deleted Hurting niggas I think they out for the rest of the season Try to play it cool They don't want to see me heated Nah
0: Say, sick to the podcast. too
1: heavy. Had to inspire them again, like I didn't already. Real ones still around. Release the confetti. Got sun across the belly.
0: Say, sick to the podcast. Let's
2: go.
1: All of my shoulders is getting too heavy. I've been bitch pressing, the problems ain't even get sweaty. Cops brutalizing kids, I see it too steadily. Correctional facilities never do it correctly. My main statement is this whole game is triangulated. Little versions of hoof, nigga, there's no replacement. Beside my kids, boundaries are my greatest creation. I've been on five four generations. It's nice till I'm gone. Give my all, give them more. Miles on my Peloton, I've been working on my core. Colors of Benetton, pastel rugs on the floor. nil prep me Ferrari testy She out on the terrace, glass of protruse with her bestie. Drunk Texan, while I'm out here trying to spread a message. You searching for qualities freaking I'm wrong.
0: On the necklace, Taste tick, to the podcast. Let me switch it up and slow down. It's the Taste tick, to the podcast. I'm your host, Derek Silver, and I'm back for another episode. Let's go. Stay sticking to the podcast, we back, another week has ended, another week is about to begin, yes indeed, let's go, stay sticking to the podcast. Stay sick and sit podcast. the podcast My Heart is yearning for your
3: love My heart is a yearning for ya let me
0: inside your love say sickness to the podcast let's go let's go taste to consider podcast taste to consider podcast we back for another episode yes yearning for your love let's go taste to consider podcast back for another episode i hope you're feeling good yes indeed i hope you're feeling good back for another episode let me jump right into this episode um i got a a long list on uh, my sheet so let's get right to it i am smoking a uh cao cameroon cigar well i was smoking it that that cigar is done i finished that during uh pre-game I've been pre-gaming ever since around about uh, 6.30, so yeah. Um, What I'm drinking, I hit the stash, so I'm not actually drinking uh, one single drink. I started out with the Suntory Japanese whiskey. I had one glass of that, and now I am on uh, my second glass of the Monkey shoulder whiskey. I just wanted to see which one I liked better. And I still haven't decided yet. So yeah. <laughs> Speaking of drinks, oh man, you know how everybody has been going crazy over Cosmigos, and sure enough, how I was just how I was saying I was having conversations with other people about Cosmigos because I had it for the first time like a couple of weeks ago, and I just wasn't impressed. And I was saying to myself. You know, as much as I go into the liquor store to get uh, different drinks for the show, I know the prices of things. So Casamigos around like fifty dollars and up at certain liquor stores. And I am saying to myself, damn, why am I spending fifty why would I spend fifty dollars and up for some Casamigos when I can get some teramana? And I've had teramana on the show before, and that that's the uh, um, the rock. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, that's his his uh tequila. And that's gonna cost like $25. <laughs> and there's no difference to me. But you know how that goes. Brands they charge different prices and stuff like that. But I felt like the Rocks uh tequila, the Terramana brand was better than Casamigo's, and it's cheaper. It's like $20, $30 cheaper, depending on where you go. And sure enough taramana popped up on social media on uh one of those pages and everybody just started going crazy over taramana so i'm like damn here we go i done went about like a year or so drinking taramana and now everybody on that joke so now i'm gonna have to be worrying about whether it's gonna be sold out in the liquor stores or not but yeah we back for another episode um Saturday night, my favorite day to record, um, free day, um, don't have to worry about no working or anything like that, so I definitely prefer to uh, record on Saturdays, um, I'm feeling good, pretty good, I'm feeling pretty good, um, This week was definitely long, Um, you know, stuff popped up, feelings, emotions, you know how that go, up and down, but, excuse me, burp one, 10 minutes into the show, but overall, I'm feeling good, you know, you just got to roll with the punches of life. Things happen, and it's about react, whether you're going to react or not, so, you know, um let me start out with the blackity black woke segment. Let me pull up my stuff. Uh let me see. Let me preface this before I start getting into the topics. I talk about the the COVID-19 stuff a lot, vaccine. Um and I talk about relationships and stuff a lot, you know. Talk about women and stuff like that. Women in relationships, men in relationships, stuff like that. Emotional, uh, mental, physical, all that. All that stuff, you know. All the stuff that matters. Um, Let me preface this by saying, when I talk about the vaccine, it ain't no thing of me saying, uh, I'm not pushing for people to not get it. I'm not pushing for people to get it. As I stated plenty of times on previous episodes, my mom, my dad, my brother, my sister-in-law already have the vaccine. I don't have the vaccine. So it's not a thing of me uh, talking down to anybody who gets it and, you know, celebrating anybody who don't get it. It is what it is. You know what I'm saying? It's everybody's choice. All I'm here to do is introduce things. And that's what a Taste to Consider podcast is about, you know. I'm giving you a taste of everything, and you know you choose and however whether you 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 like that taste and that, so if you're getting triggered by anything that I say, then there's a reason for you getting triggered by it i mean that's just that's just the real of it, you know, I get triggered by things and you know, and the things that I get triggered by are things that are obviously bothering me or things that are important to me or things that I need to heal from or things that I need to work on so it is what it is we human so you know when I talk about even relationship topics when I talk about when I when I say women or if I say men or whatever I'm not talking about all women I'm not talking about all men but I'm just not gonna sit here and just say every time some women or this person and that you know what I'm saying if if you triggered by it it's for a reason and that is what the previous episodes that I had of trigger warning. I had four parts, four parts of trigger warning. And there was a reason for that because I know I knew that it was going to trigger people. And if it's triggering you, then it's things that you need to work on. It's things that's bothering you, whatever. So don't take nothing that I say personal. You know, that is something that I work on daily, not taking certain things personal. And if things trigger me, then I need to take a closer look at them you know but moving on blackity black woke segment i'm gonna start out by playing a clip um a clip that my brother actually sent me um he actually sent me this clip earlier today and i thought that i should play it on the episode so let me start out with the clip and we'll move along with
4: the show I look at dr. Sheikh the diop and what he tells us in his book about uh why cultural identity civilizational barbarism he has a chapter he says that if someone wants to oppress you there are three things they take from you they take your history they take your language and they take your psychological factor Dr. Leonard Jeffries tells us your psychological factor are your values, your interests, and your VIPs. He, he, he calls them VIPs, your values, interests, and principles. And so what people do when they want to oppress you, they will take your history, your language, and your psychological factor and then superimpose their history, their language, and their psychological factor on you. So therefore, no matter what decision you come to, it is never going to be in your best interest because you're looking at, at the world through the eyes of someone else. So what I've attempted to do for our children, for our community, is for them to be able to ground themselves in their own cultural common sense, as Dr. Falio Benga tells us as it relates to African philosophy.
0: I thought that was a relevant clip. And the reason I thought it was relevant is because, you know, we say we have uh, conversations all the time, people having conversations on social media, Twitter, Instagram, and all Facebook, all that good stuff about, you know topics all across the board and particularly black people um and a lot of these topics we don't I just feel like we just don't understand that a lot of the ways that we see things is because of the way that we've been oppressed you know a lot of you know we can sit here and say we want the black unity and you know, we for the black family and all this other good stuff or whatever. But we still forget to realize that a lot of the ways that we see things is because of the way that we have been oppressed. A lot of the the perspectives or the perceptions of things that we have is because of white supremacy. And we are seeing we're, the, our views on things and the way that we feel about a lot of things is based on white supremacy, based on capitalism and you know other things that it that's in encapsulated into white supremacy. So I thought this clip was relevant. So moving along. Amber Geiger, um if you don't remember who Amber Geiger is, she was the former Dallas police officer who was sent uh sentenced to prison for fatally shooting uh Botham Jean in his home. If you don't remember, she was the police officer who uh went into Botham Jean's apartment and shot him and killed him. And she claimed that she thought it was her apartment. So she's been going through her appeal process and to my surprise A Texas appeals court upheld her murder conviction. And so she will have to continue to serve her 10-year prison sentence. Um, She's eligible for parole in 2024, though. (laughs) Um, Under her current sentence, she's eligible for parole in 2024. So that's something to look out for um, in the next um, two and a half years. So, that'll be interesting. I'm surprised that she didn't win her appeal, but, you know, good thing that she did. Let me play this clip. Um, Remember, we're in the uh, Blackity Black Woke segment. So, let me play this clip next. I think on my first album. Yeah, 100 years. Yeah, and I remember I got a letter. I mean, I got a call in... The, 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 the cracker word was asked to be taken out of a song that I had and I said well damn like I just I just said nigga about it six times <laughs> yeah, in the same song yeah.
1: like but no one asked me to take that out like it was it was cool.
2: I just find it peculiar that the derogatory the, the, the terms used to, the black folks was okay yeah. but the niggas totally. don't want to eat. <laughs> nah I
0: want to eat what's what you doing with this right here man we uh, just need to come out. I think on my first. Now, that was Plies. Uh, He was talking about how um, his label asked him to remove the word cracker from his music. And he was basically saying they didn't care about him talking about nigga, nigga, nigga in his music. So I bring that up because just thinking about uh, last episode when I talked about uh, the baby situation just just briefly. And this is just more example of the music industry, the entertainment industry, period. They're always fine with uh, black people, black artists, black movies, black entertainers, whatever. The grading, the meaning, the community, but as soon as you cross that line of I don't know crossing the line of um disrespect, I don't know what word to use because it's just it seems like you know <sighs> it just seems like there's there's always there's always a boundary for the white race or the l g b t community, everybody else but the black community, you know record labels they're fine with. Um, signing artists to talk about drug dealing, killing, raping, violence, all that. But as soon as you cross that line to talk about the Jewish community, the white community, the LGBTQ community, then there's a problem, you know. So, and I think that's something that we just don't take, that's something that we don't take account of, you know. We It's all fine, you know, we partying in the club, posting videos on Instagram or whatever, making the TikToks and all that good stuff. Having a good time at the expense of demeaning or degrading or perpetuating a negative stigma for the black community. But, you know, and it's like, even with the black community, we fall in line with with the audacity of, of of a black person disrespecting a community outside of of the black community, but we won't do that for our own community, and that that ties into the clip that I just played, and it just had me thinking about the debate the babies situation even more. You know, um, he said what he said about the LGBT community when he was on stage at whatever festival it was. And now, since then, he's been dropped from a few festivals. And there's been, you know, people coming out to speak on it, uh, Elton John, Madonna, and stuff like that. You know, people outside of the community, the black community. And it's just like this... Just seeing all the other festivals that's, that's been going on and canceling the baby, so to speak. And it's just like, it's a herd mentality or it's bandwagon marketing that just because this festival does it, then I'm going to jump on, excuse me, burp number two. I'm going to jump on and do the same thing. and. Throughout these other festivals, they have all these other rappers and entertainers or whatever. Like I said, who's perpetuating violence, rape culture, and all this other stuff. But they won't cancel these people. But as soon as the baby crossed that line, crossed that boundary with the LGBTQ community, then there was a problem. So it's just something to think about. And it's like, we. We're so oppressed that we we're so we're so oppressed that we're caught up into following these same narratives or these same agendas that these people that's in charge follow to canceling our own people and I'm not saying that we should be celebrating these these rappers entertainers these artists for pushing the narratives of violence against black people and stuff like that. But I, all I'm saying is it's the it's the hypocrisy of it all. And shout out to my man uh littles He tweeted something uh that that relates to this and was basically made me, you know, decide to push further with this conversation because I just I didn't even want to talk about the baby. I just Because I don't listen to him, I'm not a fan of his, I can care less, I'm not a fan of him, I'm not a fan of Little Nas X, I I don't care, you know? But this is what my man Littles tweeted. Littles1126 on Twitter. He said, damn, these festivals didn't do all of this when the rapper admitted to drugging and robbing people in hotel rooms. I believe that rapper got a Pepsi commercial afterwards. And the person that he's speaking of is Cardi B. So this is what I'm saying, the hypocrisy of everything. It's fine to, to push these artists when they speak in this narrative of killing people, or violence against women, or abusing men, and all that drug raping, and all that other stuff. All that culture. The culture, the, the drug culture, the rape culture, the violence, and all that. But soon as you cross that line, and when it comes to white people, Jews, or LGBT commu- community, then there's a problem, and then it, it just not it's not right. And they, you know, they 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 trying to speak on it the the morality of things, quote unquote, the morality the morality in music. That's their argument, but. Like I said, from the time that I can remember, you know, I was born in the '80s, so I was started listening to rap in the in the late '80s, early '90s. That's when I started listening to rap. Man, most of the rap, you know, that I remember was about drugs, rape, crime, you know, all that. <laughs> but the executives in these these uh, record companies have been making money off of off of this forever. The music, the record labels, the Hollywood, all that have been making money off of our pain, off of our trauma, off of the continuous destruction of our community and our mental state. Uh, Here's a tweet from DJ Academics. He says, it's... It's just weird how festivals are putting out these elaborate statements about how much they care about humanity, and because of that, can't have the baby on their show for what he said. Yet, 90% of the artists they book, music is about drugs and murder, and it's totally fine to them. I mean, we have to start stepping up in and pointing this hypocrisy out. This hypocrisy. <laughs> um. But it's even crazier with these festivals, like, you know, they having these big festivals all over the country. But you hear all this complaint about, you know, the the COVID 19 uh virus and how uh the numbers are going up. But they continuously just blaming unvaccinated people for this. But in turn, you have all these artists. You have all these record labels. You have all these festival uh the people that's in charge of these festivals, throwing these, you know, these festivals, these events and stuff. So like I kind of ain't going ain't no I kinda. They're blaming the wrong people. <laughs> all these vaccinated people are so pressed, they were so pressed to get this vaccine so they can go outside and the numbers are going up but in turn they're blaming unvaccinated people so this is what i was talking about last episode this divide and conquer tactic that they're using against vaccinated and unvaccinated people you have plenty of states that's been coming out in the past week um, reinstating their mass mandates and then, like, even New York, New York City, they, they're they requiring proof of vaccination for you to just enter restaurants and fitness centers and bars and stuff. So <laughs> it's like we back in segregation now. We back in slavery. People might think, oh, he, he going too far. No, it's not. This is the same shit that they was doing back in slavery when they had freedom papers and stuff. You would have... Slaves have their freedom papers, and the people still didn't care. They hated so much that a black person was free that they would destroy those papers and put them back into slavery. You would have in the civil rights era the restaurants, the colored water fountains, the bathrooms, sleeping, the hotels, motels, all that. This is dividing and conquer. This is the same shit all over again. And even if you want to take it a step further, it ain't even a step further. It's the same thing. Like back in the times of Germany when Hitler was in charge and the things that they was doing with the Jews and stuff. It's the same damn thing. But it always seems as though with the black community, it's not a big deal. But when it's somebody else, it's a big deal. It was, it's even to the point now where President Biden, um, at his direction, told Defense Secretary Austin to make the COVID-19 vaccination mandatory for all active duty troops. And remember, I've talked about this on plenty of previous episodes of how the military, a lot of the military members have been diehard against the vaccine. The COVID-19 vaccine. Let me take a quick break. Y'all know, you know, since I be pregame and drinking the alcohol, drinking the water and stuff, I got to take a little break. So I'll be right back. (laughs) Yeah, so. Uh speaking of the vaccine, you know, I talked about the Delta variant and stuff. So now I've come to find out in the past week or two, there's been uh there's a Delta Plus variant and now there's coming out a, a Lambda variant. <laughs> I'm just like, what the hell? So. Y'all remember last episode? I talked about how there's not even a test for the the Delta variant, not the Delta plus, but the Delta variant. So now there's this this new variant, Delta plus, and this Lambda one. Man, I, I can't keep up with this with this shit. I just look at it like it's fear mongering. Like just let people have their choice of what they're gonna do. But. Senator Lindsey Graham tested positive for COVID-19 despite vaccination, has flu-like symptoms. Senator Graham says, I am very glad I was vaccinated. Symptoms will be far worse otherwise. How would he know that? Just because everybody is saying it? That's, that's what pisses me off about this whole situation with the uh, COVID virus and stuff. You have people on both sides arguing this and arguing that. And they keep People on the vaccinated side keep saying science, 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 science that aren't scientists, but they're listening to these so-called scientists. But then you have the unvaccinated side listening to scientists or the so-called scientists. So we both listening to scientists. So it's like we all just need to kind of just like calm down a little bit and just let people have their choice that's what i'm all about just let people have their choice but you got all these companies these major corporations coming out um uh saying that if you don't get vaccinated you're gonna lose your job and all this other stuff like that uh three employees at cnn was just recently fired for not being vaccinated um i know uh walmart disney and a couple of other companies um on the same page. So it's just like what the hell is going on, man? Like and I'm the one that's just saying like you can get a vaccine. Do what you want to do. But my whole stance on it is this shit is just for one it's an experimental vaccine. It was pushed out too fast. It's too many stories out here of people having side effects or death and stuff like that. But people don't, the the vaccinated people don't want to see that. They just keep using this narrative of, well, I know somebody who got in, they fine or whatever. I know plenty of people who got the vaccine. And I know plenty of people who have had some type of reaction, whether it's heart issues, infections or anything like that. My, I can go on and on about this. I, I ain't even gonna go further because it's from the conversations that I've refused to have and the things that I've seen on social media and stuff. People gonna do what they want to do, and that's fine. I'm all for that. Do what you want to do, but don't be trying to push these narratives out here when you're not even a a, a scientist or an expert or whatever. Especially when you come in at people like me, who's giving other information to refute getting the vaccine. (laughs) Because I'm going to keep pushing as long as you keep pushing, and that's just how it's going to be. But moving along, because I feel like this is a waste of time. You can do what you want to do. But there is a worrying new side effect of Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. This is a headline. side effects to COVID, vaccines are being discovered one by one. This could be the case once again with the Pfizer and Moderna vaccines. Another headline. To fight vaccine lies, authorities recruit an influencer army. The White House has teamed up with TikTok stars while some states are paying local micro-influencers for pro-vaccine campaigns. And I know, excuse me, burp number three, and I know if you've been on social media this week, excuse me, burp number four, y'all seen that that uh, ad with that, with that dude in Arkansas. This was an Arkansas state ad where the dude was talking about some, he was a, he's an entrepreneur and he's out in he, these streets and stuff like that. He said he was an entrepreneur, but we all know he was a drug dealer. <laughs> And they made a whole commercial off of him talking this. A black dude. Black dude talking about he's an entrepreneur and he's in the street. He didn't say what he was an entrepreneur of. But we all know, if you know, you know. (laughs) He was a drug dealer. And they made a whole commercial campaign off of this. But moving along. I talked about this on last episode. CDC confesses vaccines are failing in the VAX can be super spreaders. And I've already talked about that. Plenty of articles out there for you to find and look for They're out in the open that vaccinated people are spreading the, the COVID-19 virus, as well as this so-called Delta variant. And it was a headline on Newsweek. It says a doomsday COVID variant worse than Delta And Lambda may be coming. And remember, I just said this shit, the the Lambda and the Delta Plus just popped up this week. So now they're talking about a new one coming. So this is like they're really pushing this. But and in my midst of doing my outline for the show and stuff and getting things together today, came across there was a big a a big protest that broke out in St. Vincent over forced vaccinations the prime minister of St. Vincent was injured and stuff he's in the hospital got a head injury because of these these uh huge protests I mean I saw burning buildings and everything like this is all around the country like it just hasn't really reached the U.S. yet where people are really protesting against these vaccines but it's all over the country Okay, uh moving away from the all that virus and vaccine. So interesting uh headline I came across. It says according to the American Medical Association, the biological sex of a newborn baby could be omitted from their birth certificate. Um let me see. I, th- I thought I had an article of it. It says um let me see. Let me pull it up so I can read the actual headlines from it. Um where is it? Where is it damn? I thought I had it save the actual headlines of it. Um where the hell is that jump? Uh Sorry about this. Um. Damn, that's weird. That drone just, like, disappeared. Um. right, let me take this one last effort to find it. Uh, Uh. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Um. Alright, I can't find it for some reason, but I had it. I thought I had to save, but um let me just look it up. Look it up, man. See if I can read it. All right, it says uh American Medical Association doctors experts recommend removing desic- sex designation from birth certificates. The move will protect against discrimination based on sex. Um, It says, just as race is not just black and white, sex is not just male or female. But while the former is no longer set in stone on public birth certificates, the latter is. Now, the American Medical Association is recommending no longer designating sex on birth certificates. Historically, birth certificates have also been used to discriminate, promote racial hierarchies and prohibit um let me see for that reason for that reason the race of an individual's parents is no longer listed on public portion of birth certificates however sex designation is still included on the public portion of birth certificate despite the potential for discrimination yeah i mean i don't i don't i don't know where they're going with this i don't understand the importance of it the purpose of it um, I don't know. I just the world is just going just totally it's totally a different way. I just don't I don't really now that I'm thinking about it, I don't even I wish I didn't even put it up here because I just <laughs> I don't I don't really have too much to say about it. I'm just baffled by how much the world is changing and it's just moving along. Multiple Walt Disney employees among 17 suspects arrested in an undercover child predator operation. I came across this one. The only re- I wasn't going to add it, but the only reason um, I kept it up here is because um, I came across the updated version of everything that happened with this story. And because when it first popped up, it says multiple Walt Disney employees. So out of this, among the 17 suspects. But then I originally came across I came across the updated um, story and it says only three Walt Disney employees were among the 17 suspects arrested in the undercover child predator operation. Not that it matters because, I mean, shit, Disney, Disney World or Disneyland, wherever they was working, that is a hotbed for children to be caught up into something like this. So, yeah, I mean. Conspiracy theorists uh, just got up some more points on on it based off of this. <laughs> I mean, because it's just like this stuff has been out there for years about sex operations being out there with the Disney, Disney World, Disneyland and stuff like that. Amongst conspiracy quote unquote conspiracy theorists and people were just blowing it off and stuff like that. But then for the, to see this happen, then yeah, that's that's the end of the uh, blackety black woke segment. <sighs> yeah, <laughs> I'll be wanting to go in and but yeah, nah, I'm gonna just leave it. I'm a I am i got to leave certain things alone because I might go down the rabbit hole. Kanye West. Kanye West still didn't release that damn album, but Nas did in the intro of the podcast. The first song that I played was off of Nas's new album. So salute to Nas. The album was pretty good. Um, but yeah, Kanye West still ain't uh releases his damn album. Uh, he had a he's been doing a live stream from the from the uh stadium where he's been allegedly staying at for a million dollars a day (laughs) but yeah the live stream has been in his uh in the room that he's been staying in, and i've been seeing like snapshots and little videos of it on uh twitter but you can watch it on apple but i don't have no apple subscription so but yeah that's all I gotta say, man. That nigga Kanye, man. He's a genius to keep people so wrapped up into, into this. I mean, he's like an ant in the ant farm and 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 people were just sitting there just watching him. Like he he's a fish in the fish bowl. And people were just sitting there watching. Him. <laughs> and he had another uh listening party last what was it uh not last night, the night before last thing it was Thursday night. Yeah. And yeah, he just did the same thing that he he did the first time. Just was there, just playing the music in the middle of the uh, the arena, and just <laughs> I swear, man, if you got if you got the power to um, catch the attention of the sheep, <laughs> then just do it. Oh, I ain't got nothing to say about it. <laughs> I'm just glad I'm not caught up into it. But speaking of rappers, Dr. Dre. Um, I don't have too much information on on this. I've just been seeing people talk about it on social media. Dr. Dre, um, his 38-year-old daughter, um, it's been found out that she she's homeless. She's been living out of her car. Uh she's had she has children, but uh from what I saw that her the children are staying with uh friends. I guess. That's what I saw. Like I said, I didn't do too much research on it. But, um, the reason I I brought it up because it ties into uh, um, one of the other topics that I had right after this and this is with Shaq. Because Shaq recently did an interview and um, he was talking about his kids and, you know, um, raising his kids and them not being entitled to his money and stuff like that. So, yeah, I've just been seeing a lot of people talk about Dr. Dre's daughter and stuff, and saying that um, she's a deadbeat and all this other stuff. And yeah, he shouldn't give her money and all this other stuff because she's thirty eight years old. Um, it's just weird because this is something that black black people always do. And I'm just I'm not talking about and I gotta preface this. I'm not talking about all black people. All black parents don't do this, but this this is a thing like in the black community with black parents like once you reach adult age you graduate high school and stuff all that it's time for you to leave the damn house and i've talked about this plenty of times on this podcast that i've been fortunate enough and thank you to my parents that once i finished high school i didn't have to leave i mean i was at home during college and i was allowed you know i was fortunate enough for my parents to to you know, allow me or let me, whatever you want to say, to stay home until I saved up enough to purchase my home. And I purchased my home in, uh, at the age of 30. So, and even to this day, my parents still help me out. You know, they still do things for me when, when I don't ask, because I never ask, but they do things for me. They do a lot of things for me, and I appreciate them for that. And my whole thing with all this, you know, I'm never one to tell somebody how to raise their kids or whatever, but when you when you think about, you know, uh, generational wealth, and it's not just about money, and, you know, it's mental, emotional, all that. When you think about wealth period um, and passing things along and having a legacy, that when you compare the way that black families do it as opposed to white families. White families do it totally different. They don't be doing all this stuff where they kicking you out the house and all this other stuff. I do agree with, you know, um teaching your kids certain values and morals and stuff and putting them in a the position to be able to take care of themselves. But just to just throw them out to the wolves without teaching them anything, I just think that's extreme. And and I kind of look at this situation as that, you know, granted, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I don't know the whole story about uh, Dr. Dre and his daughter and what's going on. She could be terrible with money, of course. But the more and more I thought about the situation and thinking about, you know, her being homeless and stuff like that. And she may have an entitlement and all that other stuff. But then that's where it comes, uh, comes along the lines of just it not just being about money. It's about being there for your child and actually getting them help if they need some type of uh, mental emotional, help. you know, getting them therapy or something like Dr. Dre is a billionaire. He can afford therapy like, you know, you don't have to take it to the extreme of your child living, being homeless and your grandchildren living from house to house and stuff like that. You know, you can set them up and. He's a billionaire. You can build them a trust or something like that, where they get a stipend or allowance throughout the week or month or whatever, in order to take care of their necessary their their necessities. You don't have to even put money in in their hand. You can get them an apartment, pay the pay the bills, or get them a house or whatever, pay the bills monthly or whatever, and then get them, you know, get get your child help or whatever. But like I said, I don't know too much about the situation. So that's just my two cents on that specific situation. But let me pull up the uh, the Shaq stuff. Um, here we go right here. And it's a clip. So let me play the clip. Let me pull it up. And he was on a podcast and he,
2: he was talking about it. So let me pull it up. Kids, my kids are older now, and they're kind of upset with me. Not really upset, but they they don't understand. Because I tell them all the time, we ain't rich, I'm rich. (laughs) Yeah, we don't, no, you got to to have bachelors or masters, and then if you want me to invest in one of your companies, you're going to have to present it, boom, 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 bring it to me. I'll let you know, I'm not giving you nothing. The girls, I'll, I'll, I'll take care of the girl, but my boys, oh, they're not getting nothing.
1: Do, do you see the entrepreneurial spirit in, in, the, in your children? I know uh, some of the boys are playing basketball. Do you see that spirit in them?
2: Yeah, I do, but I try to let them figure it out. You know, listen, it's one rule, education. I don't care if you play basketball. I don't care about none of that. I, I, cause, listen, I got six kids. I would like a doctor, somebody to own a hedge fund, a pharmacist, a lawyer, Someone that owns multiple businesses, someone to take over my business. But I tell them, I said, we, we're not, I'm not just gonna hand it to you. You gotta earn it. So they understand. So for Christmas, one of my sons got all A's. I said, man, go pick what you want. So he come back with the Tesla. I said, you better take your ass across the street to, <laughs> to the Chargers. You better get you a Charger. I ain't getting no motherfucking Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, dog. Better get you a Charger. The V6 of that. I get the Hellcat. You don't get the Hellcat. Let, let me let me ask you a question because uh, you're a very observant person and you make investments based off of the things that you observe. Ring. You were early invested in Ring. And-
0: yeah, that was pretty much the gist of it. And that's crazy because um, listening to the the full clip of of all this. Uh I didn't know Shaq owned so much stuff. Like over the years I've learned that Shaq owned certain things, but this one I like damn, he owned even more stuff. Like he owned um let me pull, let me see. Uh what he say? Uh he owns he owns the brand, the brands of Marilyn Monroe, Elvis Presley, JC Penny, and Forever 21. And th- and that's just to name a few. <laughs> But, yeah, like with Shaq, you know, he don't want his kids to be entitled, so you know he he makes them kind of earn stuff, and he 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 specifically said the boys. I wish he would. I wish it was both the men and the women, you know, because I think it's it's the way the world is today both men and women should be learning things and he didn't say it so I don't want to necessarily assume but I'm going to bring it up that he was talking about education education and I'm hoping that he's not just putting outside education on them that he's actually involved in teaching them how he advanced in certain situations because I feel like coming from home is more important as opposed to the educational system because the educational system is some bullshit and that's just how i feel but yeah i like you know just based off this topic i like you know what he was talking about as far as you know them not being entitled and them having to work for things and stuff like that and and it being his money because i've always been the one over the past couple of years to to think, you know, it's always cool to have your your kids set up and stuff like that. But in actuality, you worked for this stuff. So you shouldn't it shouldn't just be this thing where we out here working so hard and doing all this stuff for our kids. You know, that that seems to be the 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 cliche thing to say for people who say, I'm out here, you know, making sure my kids ain't ain't gotta work as hard as I do and all that other stuff. But I just look at it like, you know, your kids got their own lives. They have their own paths. So you, it's cool to have certain things set up for them, but you can't push certain things on them. So I, I'm not with that narrative of, yeah, I'm out here working hard for my kids and all that other stuff, you know. So I feel like the, the money is not even as important as the, the lessons, that you can give your kids, the love that you can give your kids, the affection that you can give your kids, the mental stability, emotional stability that you can give your kids. I feel like that legacy stuff is is overrated and it's overblown. The narrative of it is overblown, but I digress. Moving along into the movies and TV reviews. Um, I recently watched a a docu-series on the Peacock app. And the Peacock app is uh, the NBC app. And if you're smart enough, you can find it without paying for the app. But this docu-series was called Dr. Death. And they also have a series out for it as well. I'm more prone to watch documentaries and docuseries as opposed to biopics and um bioseries so i watched the the docuseries of this um this show called dr death and it was a good doc docuseries and it's about this um neurosurgeon that was out here doing some dirt (laughs) and um I'm not gonna give no spoilers, but it's a good docu series. It's called Doctor Death, and the docu series was so good that I'm actually going to watch the actual um, series of it because they, like I said, they have the the actual series of it and they have the docu series. So because of the docu series was being so good, I'm gonna walk watch the series. But Doctor Death, and it's the same title for both the docu series and the actual series. But yeah. The, the that new neurosurgeon and that was dubbed Dr. Death, man. He was wild. And that people live a fast and wild life, man. That's all I got to say. Also, um when was it? Thursday I watched um I watched Suicide Squad 2. That that came out on HBO Max as well as in the theaters. I'm glad I didn't go see it in the theaters because it was good enough for watching it at home. <laughs> um, I got the I got the tasting room. I got the t the big TV. I got the surround sound, all that other stuff. So it was good enough to just watch at home. Um, this was the the part two of the suicide squad um i enjoyed it it had a a a good some good comedy moments in and good action and stuff like that but yeah i'm glad i just watched it at home i mean it's it's good but it's good enough just to watch at home if you have hbo max so if you have other means other means of watching it it's good to just watch at home. (laughs) but um I couldn't remember too much from the first Suicide Squad, so it's hard for me to say if so if the second one was better than the first one than that. So I'm just gonna say that they they was both the same because they they both they pretty much had the same premise, you know, a little bit of comedy and sarcasm and stuff in it, and um witty banter as well as the action and stuff like that. So, I put them on the same page. They they both good to watch. Um you don't need to see the first one in order to to watch the second one. In my opinion. So, yeah. Moving along to uh a TV review that we've discussed before. <laughs> the Shy. <laughs> the Shy. I watched The Shy. This was the season finale. Of the shy, the fourth season, season four finale of the shy, and I previously talked about the shy, particularly uh, Emmett and um, Tiff's relationship on a previous episode. I don't know if it was epi- last week's episode or the week before. I can't remember, but the descriptions are in the um the sh- in with the episode on the streaming service. So I got two clips from that episode so let's get into it this is the first clip <laughs> oh man i had a mixed up Damn. all right this is the first Damn. having some technical difficulties with the situation all right let me see all right um I'm mixed up. All right, let me. There we go. All right, I'm back in play. Back in play. Okay, here to go. Here go the first clip. Remember, Tiff and Emmett had an open marriage this season. And remember, I talked about how Tiff. Remember, I talked about period. How uh, it was a topic on uh previous episodes. It was on two ep two of the previous episodes, I think it was last week episode and the week before that. Now talking about how women cheating is worse. And I talked about how women cheating is worse because they're in a full blown relationship before they even do anything with the other guy, right? And I talked about how it's cycles played out in a woman's mind before she even does anything. And it and those cycles just keep going and going until she's physically initiated with the guy. And those cycles keep going. So remember that, right? All right, here go the first clip. This is Tiff with her, with her um, I don't know what to call them. her, her side, her side bay, her side boo. or oh, I don't know what to call them because it's supposed to be open marriage where you're just doing whatever. But she's basically in a whole nother relationship. But here we go.
5: What would you think about that Emmett?
1: Why would you do that? i be with your ass. We act like a couple anyway. No, we don't. We act like fuck buddies who don't hate each other. I like what we got. Then what's that?
3: I'm your nigga.
5: What?
3: Yeah, I'm the nigga you call when your nigga's tripping. I'm the nigga you call
0: when your girl get locked up over some bullshit and you need money in a pinch. I'm the nigga who you call when your son, Barbara, cancel on him and he need a haircut real quick.
3: I'm your nigga, Tiff. Not your husband. Oh.
2: that make sense? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, boy, when I was watching that 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 scene, he basically said that, I'm your nigga, I ain't your husband. I'm the nigga when your son need a haircut and you can't find a barber for him. I'm the nigga when you need some money real quick. I'm a nigga when your girl's in trouble. I'm your nigga, not your husband. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about right here. I, I, I called this. I already said this shit. I said this shit, right? I said this. Women are already in a relationship with the other nigga before they even get initiated with him physically. When I talked about it on a previous episode, I even said how in the episode how she was already talking about or contemplating being in a relationship with the dude with the other dude she was going on dates and stuff with him it just wasn't sex because from what what I know of an open marriage is it's just supposed to be you can just you know knock something down real quick and go back home But she was spending the night with this dude, going on dates with him and all this other stuff. She was contemplating being in a relationship with him. She was contemplating leaving Emmett for him. But then she got a rude awakening because the dude was her side bay wasn't on the same page. He didn't want to be with her. He was just fine with sleeping with her. And I've talked about this plenty of times before. No matter what a nigga, what type of effort a nigga do. That shit don't mean nothing. Stop these fucking narratives of applying pressure. Because that shit means nothing. Guys will apply pressure, show consistency or whatever just to hit. Just to get what they want. To hit. That's why I will continuously say guys are more intentional in being in relationships than women are. Women will fall for anybody. If any man shows them attention or gives them something new, they will fall head over heels for them. Any romantic situation a woman finds herself in She thinks that he's the one. And this is what I was talking about with being in relationships, period. Women are so set on having kids, getting married and stuff like that, being programmed to think that way, that they don't cultivate relationships. They don't enjoy experiences. They aren't in the present moment. So how can you know if you really want to be with somebody if you aren't focused on the present moment, if you aren't cultivating the relationship. You just dead set on being programmed and following this narrative and trying to stick to showing off of somebody, showing off of social media and all this other stuff that y'all aren't really being in the relationship. Y'all aren't in a relationship. And no matter how much guys move no matter how much you call guys, dogs, and all this other stuff, guys are more intentional with being in a relationship because they they know who they want. And it ain't got nothing to do with marriage or anything. If they choose to be with somebody, that's who they want to be with, even despite the bullshit that they got to deal with. Stop thinking that everyone that you're romantically involved in could be the one. Just enjoy the experiences. And not not even that. If you figure out that this person is the one you wanna be with, cultivate the relationship. But it's always this one-sided narrative of a woman gotta get this, 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 this. And fuck what the man want. Fuck his feelings, fuck his emotions. Fuck the things that he's asking for. Fuck the things that he's put on the table. It's just all about what a woman wants. It is, it's programmed so much that women only think relationships are for them. And we got to get out of this thing with it just being, you know, since, since we want to throw all these titles out here. You know, a couple of episodes ago, I talked about, you know, since people want to throw these titles out here, situationships and stuff. So I'm going to throw out attention ships. Women want to be in a lot of attention ships for social media and stuff. But we we need to even go beyond attentionships, situationships, and beyond relationships. What about partnerships? Because men and women aren't working together in these so-called relationships. It's about being partners. All right, let me pull up the, uh, the second clip. And... This is after Tiff had the conversation with her side And if you've been keeping up with the shy as well as my excuse me, burp seven, six, and seven, keeping up with the shy as well as my show, you'll know that Emmett gave her an ultimatum. He said, I'm not, I'm not trying to do this open marriage thing no more. I just want to be with you. So. He gave her the ultimatum and the end the episode they had a conversation. And let me pull up this clip.
1: This whole marriage is a trip. Yeah, it
3: is.
1: I'm not a lot about myself though.
5: Like what?
1: Like how connected we are. And how much our family means to me. So you never gonna
5: cheat again?
1: I'm gonna make sure I never violate your trust.
5: That's kinda vague. How's that vague? I need you to say the words.
1: That I'm never gonna cheat again? Yes. Are you gonna say it?
5: Look, never is a scary word.
1: Yeah, it is.
5: And we both human.
1: Yeah, we are.
5: Why don't we just agree to do our best?
0: You see, even in this conversation, in this moment, that Tiff is still dictating the terms of their it's relationship. One of my friends and mentors. Ms. Sorry, Tiff was still dictating the terms of the relationship, even though Emmett gave her the ultimatum and said that he don't want to do this no more. He just want to be all about her. But then, she, after she got her rude awakening, she wanted to come back to Emmett and claim the open marriage is ending but she's still putting terms on it you see she still had fear in the conversation even with him saying that I'm not going to violate your trust no more she she didn't even accept that she wanted to hear Emmy actually say I'm not going to cheat on you no more but that was the same thing he just said I'm not going to violate your trust that's the same thing and this this shit happens all the time you I've seen it plenty of times before You'll have women, you'll have a man say something or whatever in these conversations. But if it's not something that the woman wants to hear, even though it's the same exact thing that, that, that the guy said, it's an issue. But Emmett, in this situation, he loved Tiff so much and he wanted to be with her so bad. He was fine with her saying well, let's just say that we're human and we'll just try to do our best. And he accepted that, which he shouldn't have accepted because he already laid down the terms of where he wanted to be. He wanted it to just be them together only. And this is what i am be talking about all the time. Women don't never want to hear or take into account of what the man is feeling but they just so stuck in their fear and their insecurities that they want to still dictate the terms of the relationship in order for them to be comfortable. And this goes back to all those topics and conversations that I've talked about on this podcast and people have been having for years about the the women want to be safe and... um, the right the right man will bring out the femininity in me or the right man to bring out the the softness in me or whatever. You know what? Men need to start saying the same damn thing. Men need to start saying to women, I'm only going to be masculine. I'm only going to bring out my masculinity uh when the right woman brings it out of me. We need to start saying that shit too. We do. Because it's a lot of women out here that will, that is dead set on emasculating us in order for them to feel secure. It ain't about feeling safe. It's about them feeling secure. It's about them and the horror stories that they've had over the years or the, or the things that they've gone through over the years. Whether it's dad issues or it's previous relationships that they haven't healed from and they still afraid of and they projecting it on the next man guys we really need to start saying that i'm only going to be masculine when the right when the right woman brings it out of me we need to start saying that shit because it's obvious that the only person that's important in a relationship is a woman. Unless you meet a woman who's, who's dead set on having a partnership, then that's a different discussion. But these women that's dead set on having attentionships, situationships, and relationships, that's the energy we need to give them. Because this narrative of only the women being the prize And only their feelings and emotions being important is bullshit. Both of us are prizes because we both bring things to the table. It's a partnership. And this is a tweet I came across. um, Sorry about that. It's a tweet I came across. um, Let me see. Couples who, who are successful and have their shit together don't debate who's bringing what to the table. Because they understand that we simply need each other for different things and they focus on things that really matters. My husband and I never said, well, what can you do for me? Who enters a relationship with their handout? It was, wow, they're wonderful and I want to build my life with them. That's it. We built the fucking table together. Because even with that, yes, I can build the table alone and so can he. But damn, it's so much fun to do it together. That's the point. It's not a competition. It's not tit for tat. It's about togetherness, maturity, and growth. And that's that on that. And that's what it is. A, a lot of us are out here very immature in, in these quote unquote relationships. We are very fucking immature. Very immature. And we get so caught up into these narratives and and stuff on social media and trying to prove stuff to somebody else and not healing our mom wounds or our dad wounds and stuff like that that we're repeating the same cycles over and over again. All of us deserve love. All of us deserve to be happy. But are we actually doing the right things to achieve that? No, we rather Put it on somebody else, blame somebody else, be victims. You're being a victim if you're blaming somebody else or continuously blaming yourself. We, not, we need to start being more self-aware of and more accountable of the things, the roles that we play in these situations, in these relationships to progress into a partnership let me play the next clip
6: it's one of my friends and mentors miss k arthur who's been teaching the bible for 50 (laughs) years i mean goodness gracious she's just a treasure she said this to me once she said priscilla a man's greatest fears two of them the fear of being controlled by a woman and the fear of being found inadequate well when you know going into a relationship with your husband or currently in a relationship with your husband when you know up front that those are his two fears that somebody's going to figure out he's inadequate or that he'll be controlled by a woman then you can go into your relationship and spend your time trying to dispel those fears to let him know that you do not want to control him that you trust him that he is your hero that he that you really believe he can accomplish the task at hand even if you do have some reservations about that even if you do think you might be able to handle something better than he can when you disp- spell his fear, you will find that the repercussions of him knowing that you believe in him and don't want to control him, but want to honor him and um, place faith in him, the repercussions of that really come back on you a hundredfold um, of a man who, who really feels like he's married to a woman that believes he's capable. And then if he recognizes that, that you really care for him, even in spite of his inadequacies, inadequacies, that you're not going to be pointing them out, um, bringing his weaknesses to the forefront. Humiliating Um, him. Humiliating Humiliating him. him, because the thing is, he knows he's inadequate in different areas, just like you and I know we're inadequate in different areas. Nobody likes someone who will point out their inadequacies and make a huge spectacle out of them. But oftentimes, don't we do that? We kind of bring their weaknesses to the forefront over and over and over again. And you and I wouldn't want to be married to somebody like that, so we shouldn't be those kind of wives
5: to be married to. It really emasculates them. The male ego needs support. It does. And uh, that's part of the reason we're there. You know, the, the day after my husband proposed to me over 22 years ago, uh, he came to visit and he had cold feet all over his face. <laughs> I thought, uh-oh, he's <laughs> rethinking this. Yeah. And I said, what are you afraid of? Do you know what he said? Loss of control.
6: Mm. you see I do now it will be i'm not saying that this is an easy task but in small ways if you can begin to give back the control where something he would expect you to do because you've been doing it for so long if you just said oh no babe you you do it. You know what I mean? I think I would love to see how you what, what decision you're going to make regarding that. What do you want to do? If you begin slowly and surely to put that control back into their hands, you will find that maybe not immediately, but over time you will begin to see that man's chest puffing out again in that particular area. His confidence being restored because he's got a woman by his side who actually trusts and believes that he makes decisions that are worth someone following. Now, I got to tell you, I had a friend who did this for 30 days and she did it for the hardest 30 days of the entire year. It was over the Christmas. It was like over December. Oh, no. For 30 days. Pressure so, season. Oh, my gosh. There's so many decisions to be made, Christmas pictures to decide on. She let him make all the decisions. And in doing so, it was so hard for her. But in doing so, she saw her husband's confident re- confidence rebuilt mm-hmm. in the fact that he believed that he had a wife that trusted him. Beautiful. And the result of that on a marriage is staggering. There is nothing better than a man that actually feels like one. When you're married to a man who feels like a man, the the effects of that are they're gonna benefit you. It's not really about him. In the end, it's about you. You win. Yeah, you You win. win. When a man feels like a man, the passion, the intimacy that we so desire, all of that ripple effect come back, comes back on us because a man likes to feel like your hero, like your guardian, and like your protector. And so, if you'll give him back the reins of leadership, you will see that you will begin to feel like the woman that you really want to feel like in the relationship. Won't be easy, but it'll be worth it. It's one of my friends.
0: And what's great about that clip was I was recently uh, I talked about uh, the the book that I just finished, The Way of the Superior Man. And in that book, they talked about that. And one of the women in that clip, she talked about the male ego. But it, that has nothing to do with the male ego. It has to do with the male essence, the essence of a man. There's an the essence of a man is the essence of a woman is the masculinity and the femininity. It doesn't necessarily have to do with egos because both man and woman have egos. And that's something that's not talked about enough. Men and women both have egos. The ego is just not a man man thing, a masculine thing. Both men and women have egos. This is about the essence of a man and a woman. And that's what was talked about in this clip. And the essence of a woman, the femininity of a woman, has totally been taken away from them by program, the things you see on TV and the narratives that's and the genders pushed out here, that that, fem- that femininity, that female essence has been taken away from women because they feel that they can't trust men. And I'm talking specifically about the black community. Black women don't feel that they can trust men. Black men. And this has been, I've talked about this plenty of times before, this has been going on since slavery times. This has been the the agenda, the narrative that's been pushed in the the, uh, Willie Lynch syndrome. The essence of a man isn't about being in control of a woman, dominating a woman. It's about him feeling confident in his essence, confident in his essence to protect, to provide, to lead a family. But the way today standard is, social media and all that other stuff, women don't trust that, women don't trust men, they don't trust leadership, they don't trust masculinity. Everything is about tangible things. And I'll get into that on the next clip. Everything is tangible. The importance is on intang- on tangible things, not intangible things. But I thought that was a, a great clip to understand, like um, yes, the fear of a man, um, fears of a man is not being adequate and being rejected because of it. And that's what a lot of black men have to deal with to this day. And not just because of a woman; it's because of the system that we live under, incarceration rates, education numbers—all that. You have a proportionate amount of women being more successful in corporate America than men. I can go on and on. I mean, this is this is what the system has put in place in order to keep black men down because of our importance to the black family. But let me move on. All this shit lines up to even the Tiff and Emmett stuff, just the the trust aspect and all this other stuff. And not to say that Emmett didn't play a role into all of that, but when you hear women like Tiff, she she just kept saying she want Emmett to be this way, this way, or whatever. But then when he finally what, when he finally stepped up to the plate or whatever, then she was still holding his past against him. And I'm not saying that, that it that isn't wrong because that's shit. That's human, that's her being a human. But what does she really want? Do does she really want to be with him at this point? Because yeah, I forgot to even bring that up. Cause even with her saying that, you know, after she got her rude awakening, she she agreed to be in a close marriage. At the end of the episode, she woke up in the middle of the night, left the bed with Emmett, went downstairs to the elevator, and met another guy and started kissing on him and stuff. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck? So her fear is that strong that she can't, she has such an attachment to her fear of Emmett hurting her again. That she doesn't want to let go of doing, doing her, doing whatever she wants to do.
5: Hey guys, so I'm just going to go ahead and let this part too out because I think a lot of women are really, really confused by it. Um, if you're in a relationship with a man, then yes. If you're in a relationship, you guys are committed to each other, living together, um, engaged, married, what, what have you. Yes, there comes a responsibility of him helping out with the bills. But I'm talking about women who are just dating a man. She's just dating him and she expects him to be responsible for her bills no no he's not no he's not a man giving you money should be uh, 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 an addition to what you already have it shouldn't be a necessity you can't pay your bills if he doesn't give you money and I'm sick of tired a woman on the post talking about some so I'm supposed to lay down with him and give him and, and sleep with him and give him this and what, what do I get in return you get dick in return. That's what happens when you sleep with somebody. You give him your cuckoo. He give you his penis. Y'all put it together. It's an even trade. That's what you're getting. And if you feel like if you lay down with a man and you need to get paid for it or you want to charge him for your time for being there, that's called prostitution. And if that's what you want to do, that's fine. But go ahead and give him a rounded out to a, a price so y'all can get it over
0: And this is what I was talking about with tangible and intangible things. These days, women just want tangible things. They want trips. They want... Cars, bags, clothes, whatever. Let me let me play this next clip. I should have just went ahead and just played that one afterwards. Damn, I'm, I missed some clips. Um, yeah, so, women, these days, women just want tangible things. And the tangible things is all materialistic. And this is what most of the relationships are like these days. Women are more focused on tangible things to show off and and to make them feel better or to, to prove or the guy to prove their love or their interest in them. But what about the intangible things? And that and that begs the question about, you know, uh what what should be the reason for a man to get married to a woman? What is the woman really bringing to the table besides sex? Or what is she bringing to the table sex? Bes- you know, to a relationship besides sex, you know, just not even marriage, you know. What is she bringing? Because it seems as though the guy always has to prove himself. He always has to prove his interest. He always has to prove his love. I mean, I've been there. I've paid. I've got second jobs to pay rents and all that other stuff. And I've done that before. Tangible stuff. But I feel like the intangible things are more important, at least important to me. Those those are the things that I want. I've talked about plenty of times before about you know my childhood and my parents not being uh emotionally present for me, and particularly uh my mom and how it affected me and how I I I want and need love and affection and stuff like that. Words of encouragement, affirmations, all that other stuff, all that good stuff with the love languages and stuff. Those are things that I deem important. And I just feel like uh women period in relationships, they always have excuses or no they take no accountability on the on the choices that they that they they aren't making. Because you can sit here all day and say, I can't do something, or this ain't good enough, and all that other stuff. We was born out of the womb, can't doing things. But we chose the things that we wanted to do, the things that we wanted to do, the things that we wanted to learn, the things that we wanted to experience. So that's why I say I don't believe in wasting time. It's all about choices. I don't believe in failure either. It's all about choices. You make a choice, and you have a result afterwards and that was been that was reinforced to me by studying Dr. Wayne Dyer. You make choices and there's results afterwards and you 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 learn from those results and you make another choice afterwards. There's choices and results there ain't no such thing as failure or wasting time that's you get so we tend to get so caught up in being attached to um failures and wasting time and stuff and even results instead of actually experiencing the journeys that we go through. But let me play this clip that goes more into the tangibles and intangibles of relationships. And this is just the, the mindset of, of some women. I'm going to preface that. Some women.
5: You all really need to learn your place. I called my little friend. I was like, Hey, I want some wings. He was like, Cool. I'ma pick your wings up. I'ma bring my food. I'ma come chill with you. Um, let's park our brakes. Uber Eats. I just wanted you to drop my shit off and go about your business. You want to spend time with me? You fucking book an event, make a reservation. Airbnb, this bitch. You want to spend time with me? Take me shopping. The fuck? Just drop my shit off and go about your business. You ain't got to be like that, Elena. It's not like that. Are you gonna do it or no? Man, fuck this. I'm tired of you treating me like this. You you, you gonna always be by yourself, yeah, and fed. Cause I guarantee you, that's somebody I somebody gonna do what she don't wanna do. I'm gonna get what I want, she might-
0: This is what I'm talking about right here. This is this is this is why I say social media is the is, isn't good. Because these are the these are the things that's pushed on social media. This is this is where we are today in in this world, in the society of, of dating and relationships, situationships, and all that other stuff. This is the mindset of, of women, the entitlement of it. Women don't want partnerships. Women, they they just wanna find what they just wanna find out what they can get from a man and then choose from there and if as long as that man is giving them what they want at the moment, then they in love with him you see these 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 topics going around so much about how women have be going on there their mothers and their grandmothers and great grandmothers or whatever, how they lived their life or whatever. How they stay with the men for cheating and abusing and stuff like that. All one-sided narratives. But that's a totally different conversation. But now they pushing this narrative of the entitlement of just being... You talk about guys just being like, fuck it. I think... Did, women have gone beyond that. <laughs> They're just trying to see what they can just get out of a man. It's <laughs> making me think about the Pock song. I wonder why you call him. Wonder why. <laughs> wonder why you call you bitch. Wonder why you call a bitch. And this is this is in in essence w- what guys look at when they think about bees and. And hoes, <laughs> you know. That mentality. This is the mentality, the mentality, the narrative, and stuff that's being pushed out there. Women don't want partnerships; they just want to find out what they can get from a nigga. And I got clips for days of different women talking this same shit. The value of a man is to- totally doesn't matter at all. It doesn't matter at all to, to these women. It don't. Wait am minute. This is a tweet that I came across. It says, questions to ask myself when checking in on my relationships. Number one, is having a relationship with this person depleting me? Two, does this person support, encourage and or motivate me to stay authentic and in alignment with my path? 3. Is this person hurting me in any way? This is a woman who tweeted this by the way. Number 4. Does this person allow me to be myself and do I feel safe being myself with them? 5. Am I self-sacrificing or shape-shifting to be in a relationship with this person? And I I think those are all beautiful questions for both men and women. And I think that's something that, and this is when we talk about emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence is more than just knowing how you're feeling and and how to process your emotions. It's also taking accountability for your role in shit. Emotional intelligence is important. It's important to ask these type of questions about your relationship and even about your damn self. What role am I playing? Am I stepping up to the plate in this, in this relationship or this partnership? Am I stepping up to the plate? Am I doing enough to satisfy my significant other? Am I reciprocating the same things that my partner is reciprocating? My partner is giving me this love, giving me this affection. Am I reciprocating that? Because you'll have a lot of people feeling as though that they're that they have self-worth in a relationship, or they, they're worthy of love and stuff. But they aren't even giving love. Or they aren't even being um receptive of the love that their partner is giving them. Here's another um tweet I came across. It was from a woman. <laughs> Every time I consider leaving my man, I go on a date and I'm reminded of how shitty the other options are, so I take my ass back home where I belong. I am always ready to leave for a better option, to be honest cuz I love me more than I ever love a man. And this is more to this. Let me uh let me pull that up. That was just a screenshot. Let me pull up the actual post and I'll read it all over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Um where is that? Where is that? Here we go. Every time I consider leaving my man, I go on a date and I'm reminded of how shitty the other options are. So I take my ass back home where I belong. I'm always ready to leave for a better option. To, to be honest, because I love me more than I could ever love a man. This is from a woman. I'm going on a weekend date this time with a guy i met a few weeks ago. Hopefully by Monday I love my man again. If not, I will have a new one. That is from a woman. That is from a woman. So this is the this is this just proves more and more what I was saying about women and about men in relationships. Men are more intentional about being in a relationship. Women aren't. And this is what I'm talking about, about women always trying to find a guy that they can get something from at the moment. Women are never in the present moment of things. Women are so scared and so insecure about relationships that they do things like this. We got this narrative of men being dogs and all this other stuff. Men, men can be dogs. But what about them damn felines? Them felines be all over the street, in the sewer, in the gutters, in and out of houses, running through trees, running through bushes, eating anything that's thrown out on the street for them. Them damn felines. Just think about just think about the street cats in your neighborhood and look at them. Look at how they move. Ah. What else I got? I got, what is this? Uh minute and thirty-nine. I had a possible. Um let me pull that possible up. Let me go ahead and pull the possible up. Since I got time left, I got time. I got time today. Let me pull that possible up. This was a possible.
5: Honestly, the last time I had sex, I have a great body. They're yeah. super successful. Like there were a lot of bragging yeah. rights. Yeah. in like you know in that. But at the end of it, I was like, oh, but this feels really awful. Because at the end of the day, there's no commitment here. There's no promise here. This person has not chosen to keep me, to cover me, to pray with me, to be there in sickness and in health for richer, for poorer, for better, for worse. That has not ever come out of their mouth. Which means they haven't declared it. Which means for me to count on it or look for it is is just an assumption and it's an assertion that they didn't ask for. Because they never promised that. And so now I'm driving myself crazy. But now I'm angry at them. That's what's happening.
1: Do you know
0: somebody's getting set free? Did you hear what she said? She made a decision to sleep with a guy. And then in turn blamed him for all the things that she wanted from the guy that he didn't give her in the midst of them having sex or before or after the sex. After she, while she made the decision to have sex with him. She's blaming him for something that he don't know about, that he didn't have in his mind. She made the decision to sleep with the Bama. She made the decision to sleep with the Bama, right? Without giving, without having a conversation, I'm assuming based off of her what she said. This is Essence, Essence Act. At what's her name? Essence Atkins. She played on um, what's the damn show Damn, I just binge watched it on fucking uh Netflix. Uh, what the hell did, uh damn? I forgot the name of the damn show, but she played on the um Haunted House Jones with uh Marlon Wayans too. The first one and the second one. But I forgot what show. Half and half or some shit like that. <laughs> let me look it up because I wanna get it right. Cause it's gonna bug me. Um uh, let me see. it and um uh what's she playing? What's she playing um. Yeah, half and half. I got it right. All right, bet. Yeah, half and she played in half and half. She was on the the sitcom Marlin, and she was also on the Haunted House movies, and she was on Are We There Yet? Smart guy. She basically like the third the third sister of Tia Samara. That's what she she looked like then. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So this is what I'm talking about right here. The Delusionist. <laughs> She blaming the dude after she made a choice to sleep with him. She made the choice to sleep with him. He didn't force her. He didn't force her to sleep with him. She made the decision to sleep with the Bama. Made the decision to sleep with the Bama. (laughs) And they're going to blame him because of all her insecurities and fears and worries and anxieties going on inside of her. This is the shit I'm talking about. What the fuck is wrong with people? Oh, my goodness, man. Like, the entitleness. Like, come on, man. Come on. And this is what I'm talking about, man. I feel for us guys out here, bro, Because... We don't, get, we don't get no type of grace. We don't get no benefit of the doubt or nothing. We just got to deal with these worries, these fears, and these anxieties being projected on us and these narratives being fueled on social media because of it. Women don't want intangible things. They don't want love. They don't want respect. They don't want affection. They don't want support. They don't want guidance. They don't want intimacy. They don't want that. All they want is tangible shit. Cars, clothes, monies, vacations, all that other, food, all that other shit. They can give a fuck about how we feel, how we think, what we want, the things that we discuss with them that we want. They don't care. They don't care. It's a taste to consider podcast. I've enjoyed being with you this episode. It's been, it's been, it seemed like it's been longer than a week. But. Feels good to be back. Make sure um, you check out a taste to consider podcast on Instagram U A N D U underscore network on Instagram. All of the in both on both pages, the links are in the bio for all the podcasts under the UNU network. Um, Link. On the Taste to Consider podcast, all the links for my podcast, my blog greatestiamblog.com. dot a taste to consider dot com. I still I released the new colors for the uh, signature shirt. Um, I got one on right now in the red, the red, white, and black. A taste to consider signature shirt. So yeah, um. Follow, like, share, subscribe, download, listen, delete. Uh, like I said, on any streaming service that you're listening to the podcast on, you it's one button. Hit the button, download, listen to it, hit the button again, it's off your phone. Just like that. That's how we get our numbers. I appreciate all the support. I appreciate the love. I'm not going to tell you that I love you. I want you to get up, go into the mirror, and tell yourself you love you. And I'm out.
3: Don't you say you love, love, love. Just to make it even. Ah. No, it's hard to judge or trust me. And that's not reason.
0: Let me stop the song. You heard the lyrics? Listen to the lyrics. He said, don't just tell me you love me to make it even. Because I tell you I love you. You saying I love you back. I love you too back. Just to make it even. Mean that shit, man. Fuck it.
3: The same love. love. Just to make it even. Uh, no, it's hard to judge or trust me. And That's another reason to say love.
0: If you can't trust me, you don't love me. Fuck up out of here.
3: If we feel the same, it ain't nothing wrong. No. You don't need to pay. Let's just keep it fine. Yeah, I might just put Say you love, love, love me, just to make it even you No, know it's hard to judge or trust me, and that's another reason this ain't love, love, love. Don't you say you love, love, love me, just to make it even? No it's hard to judge, just me just another reason this and love.
0: I feel like I gotta play it again because it's the song so short. You know, these new songs a day, like two minutes. You don't get them Luther Vandross nine minute, ten minute songs. I gotta play this shit again because y'all ain't y'all ain't here. Y'all ain't hear this shit. This ain't love by Giveyon. Let's go.
3: Don't you say you love, love, love me just to make it hard to judge or trust me and that's not the reason the same love love Just to make it even. Uh, no, it's hard to judge, or trust me, and that's another reason this ain't love, love. If we try to say- You say you love, love, love me just to make it even. You no, know it's hard to judge, judge, judge me, and that's another reason. This ain't love love, 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 Don't you say you love, love, love me? Just Hey, to fellas,
0: make it man, even. we deserve love too. You know know that you worthy to judge, of love.
3: Just
0: another reason, this love, love Take a second to the podcast I'm on fucking fire right now Let's go Share my shit
1: My podcast is
0: fucking great
3: Let's go